Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll be talking about the 11 best crystals for making magic with the moon. Some of these crystals' historical connections to the moon, some of their modern connections, as well as the best crystals for each moon phase and what those moon phases correspond to in your life. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. And remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from an anonymous submission, and this person asks, I was wondering if anyone can become a crystal healer. I just want to check because I'm very interested and I want to help others, but I'm also worried that I may have personal blocks and I don't want to cause harm. I am so glad that you asked this question. There are differing views on this subject, right? Like, I know when I first started getting into healing work, I was hearing a lot of voices out there saying things like, you know, you shouldn't be offering healing sessions to others. You shouldn't be doing this type of work professionally if you haven't like healed your own stuff first, right? And although there is some merit to that being that, you know, maybe you shouldn't take on something else if you're really struggling, if you have a lot going on, or if you don't feel comfortable enough to kind of step out and do this work because it does take you a little bit outside of your comfort zone. On the other hand, I think this is so limiting, right? Because it also, it it paints this unrealistic ideal and picture that you have to be perfect in order to do this work. And the cold hard fact is that none of us are perfect. We will each always have things that we're working on healing within ourselves. And truly the healing work doesn't really stop. You just discover new layers and you shift perspective and learn new things and think about things differently. And I think that's okay. And not just okay, but even something to be celebrated. So I think what this comes down to is that there's no hard and fast rule here. No one can say for certain whether you should or shouldn't be doing this work as a crystal healer, except for you. You have to make that final decision, right? If this is something that you want to take on. And the good news is that you can always change your mind. If it's something that you try out and you discover that it's not for you or you don't feel like you're at a place where it's something you want to continue doing, then guess what? You don't have to do that. But if it's something that you'd like to explore, if it's something that you feel called to, I would really encourage you because I have to tell you just from my personal experience and my own journey doing work with crystals, 
I learned so much about myself in my work with my clients, in the way that I connected to people, in the way that we shared with each other and learned from one another. And I think this is so true just of how we interact and learn as humans. So to answer your question, can anyone become a crystal healer? The answer is yes. Anyone who wants to go down that path, anyone who feels called to that can become a crystal healer. And you can do that through your own journey of self-discovery. You can teach yourself things or you can learn with some guidance and mentorship from someone else. And in fact, in just a very short time, I will be opening the doors to my crystal healing certification program here at the Love and Light School. And if you want to learn more about that, just visit crystalhealerschool.com. It has all the information about the classes and programs. I think you'll really enjoy it. And You know, one of my big things is empowering people through education. This is actually something I've been thinking a lot about the past couple days. I've been kind of reevaluating what are my personal values? What are the values that I hold that I want to bring more into my business at the Love and Light School? And I was thinking how much I value education. I am always, always reading or taking a class or even if I just want to veg out and watch TV, it's usually going to be a documentary or something that makes me feel like I'm learning something new. Because I found so many times in my life that I have felt so empowered by learning a new skill, learning a new way of doing things, a new perspective that I didn't have before. And this has been one of the things that has enriched my life more than anything else. And so that's something that I do really value and it's something that I want to share with other people. I love the idea of teaching you about crystals to get those skills in your hands and empower you to get started on this journey if that's what feels right to you. So thank you so much for your excellent question. I really appreciate the submission. And remember, if you're listening and you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business, or really anything else you're curious about right now, you can let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning crystal healing certification program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. 
Now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the 11 best crystals for making magic with the moon. The moon, which is our nearest celestial body, our nearest cosmic neighbor, has such a deep impact on us here on earth and connecting with the energy of the moon can help you live more in alignment and flow with nature. And one simple way to connect with the energy of the moon is just to work with a stone that's connected with lunar energy. So in this episode, I want to share my 11 favorite moon crystals and a little bit about their connections to the moon. The first crystal I want to share with you is selenite. This is an obvious one. It's actually named for the Greek moon goddess Selene, who was called Luna in ancient Rome. The stone has long been connected with lunar energy, and the way that it kind of shimmers even reminds me of the moon up in the night sky. Next is moonstone. I just learned that historically in Vedic mythology, moonstone was actually said to be made of solidified moonbeams, and it's said that moonstone was embedded into the forehead of the god Ganesh, who is connected with the moon. The ancient Greeks and Romans, however, also believed that this stone was formed from the light of the moon, and this seems to be kind of a common thread woven between many different cultures. Any variety of moonstone is suitable for connecting with the moon, but a few of my favorites are peach moonstone, rainbow moonstone, and black moonstone. The third crystal on my list of the 11 best crystals for making magic with the moon is clear quartz because the bright light that shines through this stone is really reminiscent of the reflection of the sun's rays off of the moon's surface and it's a perfect crystal companion for any type of magical moon workings. Next is pearl, and I love pearl. My grandmother was very, very fond of pearls, and so they always remind me of her. And although these are made by sea creatures and not through geologic processes, pearls have long been connected with the moon, and they're traditionally associated with Monday, which gets its name from Moon's Day. You can see how Moon's Day was turned into Monday. Um, as their special day of the week. So if you didn't know, each day of the week corresponds to a different planet and different gemstones and gods or goddesses, and Monday or Moon's Day is connected with pearl. Now, if you don't have a pearl to work with, then mother of pearl can make a great substitute. And pearl is also associated with the ancient Roman moon goddess Luna, who I mentioned earlier. Lapis lazuli is another great crystal to work with for lunar connection because it's also known as the stone of heaven. And you can kind of see how it gets this name. It really resembles the dark night sky with a field of stars. That dark blue lapis with all those little glittery highlights of pyrite really does resemble the night sky. So this is an excellent one for connecting with lunar energy as well. Next on my list is blue kyanite. 
And I'm going to tell you, this one is purely a personal correspondence of mine. It's not rooted in any history, but there's something about the long, slender blades of blue kyanite that have always reminded me of the arrows carried by the ancient Roman and Greek moon goddesses Diana and Artemis. And especially the kyanite that has that really deep, dark indigo central line, I feel like it's so directional. It's so linear and pointed and reminds me of that symbolism of the arrow. So I love working with the stone when I'm looking for some meaning or guidance from Mama Moon. Next up is aquamarine, and the connection here might seem a little loose at first until you kind of dig into the history. And Agrippa wrote that aquamarine was connected with the moon. He said beryl, and this probably meant the blue variety of beryl, aquamarine. And this is possibly due to its connection with the water element. In the line previous in his writings, Agrippa is mentioning the water element. It was a little unclear to me if this connection to the water element was related to his writings on pearl or to aquamarine. But either way, the moon is often connected with the water element and things like emotions and intuition, and so is aquamarine. So these make great energetic pairings. Next on the list is amethyst. And this is kind of another personal connection that's a little bit loosely rooted in history. People have been using amethyst to connect with intuition and psychic skills since the time of the ancient Romans. And since the moon is also associated with intuition, I feel like it naturally pairs with amethyst crystals for any type of psychic work and lunar connection. Labradorite is a really mystical stone that gets its brilliant flash of color from reflected light, which kind of mirrors or mimics how the moon is illuminated by reflected light from the sun. So I feel like Labradorite and the moon are sort of kindred spirits as well. And working with them together is great for enhancing any moon rituals, lunar activities, or ceremonies that you may want to do. Second to last is silver. And you might be thinking, well, Silver is a metal. Does that really count as a crystal? Well, it does have a crystalline structure, so yes. And silver is associated with the ancient Greek moon goddess Artemis. Agrippa wrote of the correspondence between silver and the moon as far back as the 16th century. So this is a long established connection between this beautiful reflective metal and the very reflective surface of the moon. Last on my list isn't a specific crystal type, but instead a shape. So moon-shaped crystals, although they can be made from almost any type of stone, really amplify your connection to lunar energy even further, especially when you choose one made from one of the 10 types of crystals that I mentioned previously. So when you're choosing a moon-shaped crystal, it's also helpful to be mindful of which phase the shape is in and what that represents. I personally love the crescent-shaped moon crystals, and you can tell because we always have loads of them at my shop, Mimosa Books and Gifts. But the reason I like these so much is because I think they're the most versatile. 
they can be set down so that they appear to be in a waxing shape, or you can flip them right over and then they're waning. Or you can choose if you want them to represent the light portion of the moon or the dark portion of the moon. So they can technically represent crescent or gibbous in terms of that waxing or waning phase. So you can cover a lot of different moon phases with just this one stone, depending on how you position it. Now, there are also some really cool moon-shaped crystals out there, like carved three-dimensional moons. These I would typically reserve for working with the full and dark or new moon. And I think if you were wanting that to represent the full moon, you would get a light, bright colored crystal. And if you wanted it to represent the dark or new moon, then you would choose a darker stone. So you're probably thinking, well, Ashley, thank you for this list. This is great. But how do I actually work with my chosen moon crystal? What do I do with it? How do I actually use it to connect with lunar energy? Well, while you're holding your stone, just try gazing at the moon, looking up at the night sky, and feel yourself connect with the moon's energy. Give yourself some time to notice its phase and its color and its size, and really tune in and appreciate all of its detail. The areas of light and dark that are created by its hills and valleys and craters, and just let yourself kind of get lost in the magic of the moon. And once you've taken it all in, close your eyes and take a few deep breaths while you're holding your crystal. And you might even choose to hold your stone up over your head toward the sky to charge it up with lunar energy and help make this connection to the moon even stronger. Now, if you want to take this practice a bit further, you can begin to track the moon's phases through the lunar cycle. I think sometimes we get kind of really hung up on the idea of working with just the full moons or maybe the full moons and the new moons, but each phase of the moon has different qualities and helps us connect with different crystals that share those energetic properties. And I cover this in depth in my book, Cosmic Crystals. So if you want a really in-depth breakdown, including some little crystal rituals you can do with each moon phase, definitely check that out. You can pick up a copy anywhere books are sold, or you can grab a signed copy from my shop Mimosa at mimosaspirit.com. And you can begin tracking the moon phases and use your stones to tune into the energy of each phase, which will help you find the natural rhythms of ebb and flow throughout the lunar cycle. So if you want to try this practice, you'll be working with eight major moon phases, or nine if you count the dark moon, and this means that you'll be working with a new stone every couple of days. There are a lot of helpful websites and apps to help you find out which phase the moon is currently in if you're unsure, and you can choose a crystal that corresponds to the specific energy of each phase. Hold that crystal, sit beneath the moon, and take a moment to reflect on the energetic qualities of that particular moment in the lunar cycle. This will help you become aware of that specific magical moment in time, just helping you be present. It's a really exciting practice and one that I hope you'll enjoy as much as I have. So let's talk quickly through a couple of these crystal and moon phase correspondences. 
We start with the new moon, which is all about adventure, anticipation, blessings, new beginnings, opportunities, surprises, wishes, and positive changes. And I found the best crystals for connecting to this phase are rhodonite, golden tiger's eye, rainbow moonstone, and black moonstone. As the light in the moon starts to grow and expand, we have the waxing crescent moon phase, which is all about action, expansion, growth, knowledge, manifesting, power, progress, and wisdom. The best crystals for this moon phase are green aventurine, green nephrite jade, strawberry moonstone, and turquoise. Now, once we're halfway between the dark or new moon and the full moon, we're at the phase of the first quarter moon, which is about bravery, communication, life challenges, love, overcoming obstacles, relationships, romance, and wellness. And some crystals to correspond to the first quarter moon are angelite, carnelian, rose quartz, and white moonstone. As the lighted portion of the moon continues to grow in size, we move into the waxing gibbous moon phase, which is about acceptance, celebration, decision-making, discernment, jubilation, relaxation, surrender, and tranquility. And this moon phase corresponds to blue lace agate, citrine, coffee moonstone, and snowflake obsidian. Now we finally get to the point where the moon is fully lighted in the sky as the full moon. And this connects to achievement, completion, dreams, flow, fulfillment, intuition, manifestation, power, protection, wholeness, and the emotions. The best crystals for connecting with the full moon are amethyst, labradorite, white moonstone, and rainbow moonstone. And I actually have a full blog post all about these four crystals and why they're so perfect for connecting with full moon energy. Now, after the moon has reached its peak in the full moon phase, the lighted portion of the moon begins to grow smaller and it moves into its waning phases. So now we're at the time of the waning gibbous moon, which is about boundaries destiny, detachment, letting go, receiving, reflection, release, and rumination. And the best crystals for connecting with the waning gibbous moon are adularia, aquamarine, black obsidian, lapis lazuli, and sunfire moonstone, which is a super bright golden orange flashy version of rainbow moonstone. Now, once we're halfway between the full moon and the beginning of a new cycle at the dark moon or new moon, we find ourselves at the last quarter moon, which is all about compassion, empathy, epiphanies, independence, oneness, self-discovery, solitude, and strength. And crystals that connect with this moon phase are clear quartz, peach moonstone, pyrite, and rhodochrosite. And as the lighted portion of the moon grows even smaller still, we move into the waning crescent moon. This is about balanced emotions, emotional release, relaxation, rest, retreat, self-expression, solitude, and stillness. And the four best crystals for connecting with this phase are apricot botswana agate, 
black moonstone, blue calcite, and tangerine moonstone. Now, those are the eight major moon phases. But depending on how you classify the new moon, whether that's when the moon is totally dark or when it has that very, very first sliver of light, you may want to add in a ninth phase, and that's the dark moon. This is definitely when the moon is completely dark, and if you include the dark moon, then the new moon for you would be when it has that very first sliver of light, but some people count the new moon as being completely dark. It's kind of that beginning of the new cycle again. A dark moon, though, connects with authenticity, healing, magic, mystery, reflection, revelation, shadow work, solitude, stillness, and wisdom. And some crystals for connecting with the dark moon are black tourmaline, shungite, black melanite garnet, and howlite. Well, I know I said that I was only going to talk about the 11 best moon crystals, and I gave you a lot more when we looked at those individual moon phases, but I hope this gives you an idea of how you can start a quick, simple practice for working with your crystals to connect with lunar energy. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. Now it's time for our Trending This Week segment. As you know, each time I host this segment, I bring you a quick discussion on something that I'm really loving right now that I want to share. And these are not sponsored. This is not an advertisement. It's truly just something that I have found that I enjoy and want to share with all of you. This week, I want to share about some of my favorite candles. You probably, if you've listened to many of the podcasts in the past, you've probably heard me discuss a lot of different small candle makers um, because I love candles. I like having a candle burning while I'm working. I have them in just about every room of my house. Um, but the company I want to talk about this week is called Burke and Hair Co. So that's B-U-R-K-E and Hair, H-E-R-E, Co. And they make the absolute best smelling candles. Some of my personal favorites are High Priestess and Salem, but I just got a new one this time called Cemetery Gates and I love it. It's a really sweet kind of herbal smell that reminds me of spring. And they always send a little scent sample in their packages, which is how I knew I would like this one because I think that's the scent sample I got in my last order, which was actually quite a while ago. But this time they sent a sample of a fragrance called Poetry, which they described the fragrance as library and dusty books, which I love the smell of old books. I love the smell of a library, but I wasn't really sure what it would smell like, but oh my gosh, it has almost this like soft linen fragrance to it, but with something kind of deeper um, and very lightly floral mixed in as well. I don't even really know how to describe it very well. All I know is I'm definitely getting one of those next time I order, 
but I wanted to share them with you because not only do they have this great line of candles that you can purchase online, but they also have a store where they support a lot of their favorite artists and creators, which I think is great. I love seeing artists supporting other artists, and that's something that they do really well. So I wanted to give a big shout out to Birkin Hair Co. Thank you for the amazing work that you do. Um, I love being a customer of yours, and I hope that you all give them a try as well. Well, that is it for today. I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And so frequently I hear from people by email or replying to my newsletters or even in my Instagram DMs telling me how much they love the podcast. And if you listen to this show, I would be so grateful if you would share about it on social media or take just a few minutes to leave me a review over on iTunes because it really helps other people find the show, know what it's all about, and I just love hearing from you. So today I want to give a thank you and a shout out to someone whose username is kind of a long collection of letters. It starts with JSB. So thank you, JSB, who says, love Ashley and this pod. This podcast is so easy to listen to. I always come away learning something new. Ashley is the sweetest and so smart. Now I'm blushing. (laughs) She really takes time to research what she shares about and I really value that in this space. Thank you for all the beautiful content you share. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. And I also want to thank and give a shout out to Candy Girl 2124, who says, wonderful, amazing podcast. This is hands down one of my favorite podcasts. Ashley is such a kind hearted person with so much knowledge and all things spiritual crystals and more easy to listen to. I personally listen to them almost every day at work because I just can't get enough. I love crystals so much and I've learned a lot tuning into this podcast. I love how she dedicates a crystal, a podcast, and ties in the herbs, essential oils, flowers, zodiac signs, and elements to each crystal she's giving information about. I'm actually going to buy her Oracle Moon deck as my first deck. I resonate with this podcast so much. Thank you so much, Candy Girl. That is so nice. And this is always my goal with the podcast. It's always about education. Um, It's just something, like I mentioned at the beginning of this show, that I really value that's important to me because I think when we learn new things, we become empowered. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the review. I am so grateful. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at Love and Light School. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine 
diagnose or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.